Hey, I see that our our guest is a little early. Maybe we'll let him in in one second. All right. But um, or maybe we can let him in with uh. I'll uh, I I can I I'll give him a message that we'll we'll let him in in just a few moments. Yeah, two minutes. Say two minutes. Yeah. Because this is a good get. This isn't like, you know, yeah, this, this, guy, is a, this is a big shot. Yeah. This guy, he's very busy. He's rarely in town. Every time I see him posting, he's in Seattle. He's in Des Moines. He's in his favorite comedy club in Nashville. Tulsa. Tulsa. It's amazing yeah. where, he, where, where he goes all the time. So it's yeah. like, hey, if we get him at home, maybe one night a week, one night yeah. a month, let's, let's get him on the show. Let's do it. Yeah. All right, so I want to chip. I, you know, we always chat. No one knows when the show begins, but I'm going to give the official new show announcement. You know, you know what's going on. I don't know if anybody else does, but I want to welcome everybody to Chit Chat with Chip and Chef. That's yes. right, everybody. You heard correctly. Chit Chat with Chip and Chef. With Chip and Chef. That's C H E F F. Chip hired a high end New York City uh, podcast marketing firm, and they said, I listen, did. guys. The show's great. We don't want to change a thing. Content-wise, you guys know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Both very funny. You're both very interesting. You get the best out of your guests. The only thing we want to help you with, what you spend your $5,000 on with us, is we know people want a more fun name. People don't know what junk miles of chip and jet no, are. They don't no. know what junk is. They don't know what they don't want junk associated with our most product. people use the metric system. They don't even yeah. know what a mile is. Yeah, that's why we have absolutely most of our fans. no listeners outside of the united states because people like if you see a brit or like a frenchman and you say something with miles they're like Ugh. yeah no no so but, anyway. I mean, but if you but if you ask a lot of brits their favorite podcast you know what they'll say what's that rubbish kilometers Ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so um was i happy chip at first when i found out i had to change my name from jeff to c-h-e-f-f no yeah. Yeah. you know what after they showed me the slideshow and the powerpoints and they mm -hmm. showed us all the uh, statistics about how, you know, the user rates, uh, views are going to rise and listens and hugs and all that stuff, likes. I'm like, I'm fully on board. So this is our flagship show with Chit Chat with Chip and Chef. And I think it's great that. And I, th I thought it was just very nice of them. Since they are a large corporation, we did pay the money. They did get you fast track to get your passport and Social Security uh, number birth certificate all changed over legally. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was, I thought that was really nice of him. It's a one-stop shop. That's right. It, re it really is. All right. Um, I'm going hey, to, Hey, you know what I'm going to do that? What's I that? almost never, you're going to be shocked. Shocked. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pop open a cold one right now. All right. What do we, what do you pop? While you're popping that open, I will give a shout out to, um, Sly Fox. They might be yeah. local. I think hell is golden yeah, lager. Yeah. yeah. Delicious. Yeah. It's a, it's only like four points set something. 4.9, a good session beer, a good beer yeah. to watch when you're watching the uh, good beer to drink when you're watching the Philadelphia Eagles. On I the like background. it. What are you uh, drinking, Chip? I just popped open. Are you ready for this, Jeffrey? Yeah. If I gave you 35 guesses, I don't think you would get it. And, and, and I could even tell you it is a beer. Oh, you, did you see it? I saw I saw the top. <laughs> I saw it already. There it is. I literally I did not see the label. I saw but the top. You, you just and saw I'm the like, top. That's a red stripe. It could have been an old school Schmidt's beer. Oh, that's, that's true. Philadelphia Narstown beer. From no, Schmitz but that's, my grandfather's red stripe's great. I have to give a shout out, but I don't want to shout him out by name just to not to blow up his spot. Because, but I have a very good friend who works for a beer, I would call it a beer distribution company or conglomerate, some sort of mm. beer in the beer world. It, he works for Big Beer. Let's just say uh, that. Big Beer, right. Mm -hmm. And uh, he sent me a couple of cases. Got some red stripes, got some Dos Equis. Wow. I'll take it. Yeah. Sounds like an international importer giving you all that good international beer. I've said too much already. Oh my God. We'll, we'll edit it out. Okay. 
All right, Chip, get ready for your uh, announcing voice because we're letting this uh, we're letting this person in the room right now. I'm very yeah. excited, Chip. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so fun when you see them connecting to audio, and then when they connect to video. My God, right? That's when it gets real. That's when. That's it gets when real. it gets real. That's yeah. when we we know we have a high quality guest. Where Hopefully, you'll have a you know maybe a little. Well, look yeah. at that. Oh, oh my goodness. There we studio. go. Look at that. Wow. Professional microphone looking good. Looking Golf handsome. shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Yep. That's, a, that's a whole rig. Ladies, Ladies and gentlemen, Pat House. Pat House, give him a round of applause from your car. But but 10 and 2. Let's go 10 and 2. Just if you're if you're driving. Play it uh, safe. Play it safe. Play it Ladies and gentlemen, my friend and yours, my former roommate and your former roommate. Uh, one of the funniest guys in Philadelphia, one of the funniest guys in the country, uh, oh. tours all over. You can find him out at pathouse.com. Uh, his albums include The Biggest Thing and and uh, I, I wrote it down and I lost the piece of paper. Uh, what's what's your latest one called? Come on. Uh, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. Ladies and gentlemen, he's here. Mr. Pat House, how are you, my friend? But forget the current credits. Let's bring up the old ones now. Yes, exactly. Jeff, some people might just know him from his amazing podcast. Uh, I guess I'll do it with Pat House. Yes, I guess you I'll know? do it with Pat oh, House, which God. is the most recent podcast I was listening to today. The accolades. My God. Uh -huh. You guys make me feel like I have a career. Mm -hmm. Pat, I'm a big fan of your podcast. And Thank I, you, man. Uh, I appreciate that. I really uh, Me, enjoy not so it. much. Yeah, well, you know. Well, That's here's the thing, Jeff. 50, I'm going to watch the Eagles game via Behind You. During this entire I, podcast. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I thought I'd throw you a bone there. And, uh, Why has it on? Just yeah. have it up. Because, you know, sometimes we have great shows. Sometimes we just, uh, you know, things go a little south. And you, you need a little something extra to be going on to, yeah. uh, you know. Chip with the, the red stripe. You drinking the. Um... Yeah, I was, just, I was just telling Jeff, I have a I have a friend who works for a beer company and he ships me free beer. I got from, some red stripe. And from some Jamaica? Uh, it's a Jamaican beer. Yes, he lives in Jamaica. And he, no, he is. It's a distribution thing. I don't understand how it works. You work in the beverage industry. Yeah, I'm but, sure you understand it more than I do. Not shipments, but I mean, Red yeah. Stripe, though. Best shaped bottle in beer. Yeah. So here's why I love it so much. And I mentioned this. Uh, it looks very much like the old Schmitz beer, which used to be, I don't know if it was Philadelphia or Narstown, but it was a local beer. In this, I think, I don't know if it's the exact shape bottle. I think it was a little bit more stout, a little shorter and stouter. But this is the first beer I ever drank when I was five and six years old when my grandfather would give me sips of oh, Schmidt's beer all the nice. time. And I, I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, so, or like Robitussin from the 40s. Robitussin from the <laughs> like... 40s, yes. Yep, <laughs> little pop-ups little cough syrup. <laughs> now, ladies and gentlemen, you may know, Pat, Pat started comedy – his comedy career, you were very young, Pat. And this is one of my favorite things when I listened to your recent conversation with Blake Wexler. You almost seemed angry that yes. Blake started. Yes, I believe yep, yep, maybe yep, yep. Oh, he was. It was I literally how angry like he was. Pat's like, hey, we got a great guest, but you know, Blake, great guy. Listen, I was nine <laughs> when I started stand up in Philly. And then I found out you were eight and a that half. That's this three year old. Right. And you you could tell you were a bit rankled and you know, oh, you're dude, very this... supportive. But oh, Blake's a very good friend. And this has been a running joke forever. I was 19 when I started. <laughs> he was the kid. And I was definitely very much the kid. And of course, I was like 24. Yeah. <laughs> but like you, you felt old. Yeah. And then, and then. I don't know, about a year into doing stand-up. I'm definitely, like, I'm nowhere even near 21 yet. I find out this 
14 or 15 year old is doing it. And I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And then we found out his mom was super hot and everything was okay. There you go. It all changed. Like a young, good looking kid from a good family. And you're like, no, I, I need, I need like, you know, Dude, some hard scrabble I'm, story. I'm 19. He's like 15. I'm like, these jokes are so immature. What is he talking about? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the elder statesman. Yeah. Of, yeah. He was like, Who still has he, teen attached to their age. Yeah. He was like Steve Winwood in the 80s, you know, just he'd seen <laughs> his time. Yeah. So, people, when you check out Pat's podcast, I guess I'll do it with Pat House, know that it's not all softballs. Like, Pat, if he has a problem with you, he's going to address it. Yeah. I'm the uh, Mark Marin of No One Gives a Shit. <laughs> That's what. <laughs> uh, not, not to get on podcast corner right now, but I was just listening to Mark Marin today uh, interviewing Chevy Shass. Oh wow! Uh, I was yeah. I I Chevy Chase actually he's like getting through it without getting too angry. Or um, was it contentious at all, or was it pretty? Eh, I th I think he kept it pretty reeled in, which I was I was very proud of him. So did he? Ask I haven't, was listened this a whole, haven't listened the whole thing yet. Was this a WTF? Yeah, WTF. Yeah, he's, yeah. Chevy Chase. Was it awkward? Is Chevy still with it? He, you can tell he's definitely lose. He he is losing a lot of memories like you know hey how, how did you get started with the smothers brothers show and he's like i don't remember that that type of thing and um he indicative he of all our names. parents yeah he would forget some names his wife was in the studio with him apparently sort of oh. almost as a, yeah, a yeah. handler as a, yeah to a, to a certain extent i think so he's not that bad but definitely like not as sharp and couldn't remember some names and dates and that type of thing so yeah hmm. I got to tell you, I was at a wedding this weekend, and I'm an elder gentleman. With Chevy years, Chase? 64 years young. Yes, um, 70, 72 I tomorrow. I don't know if he was there. I don't know sure if he was there. But having my wife next to me, so when I had a, you know, a few, and then I start telling a story, and halfway through, I don't even, I forget what I'm talking about. I have Kelly there just to be like, oh, and then this, and then yes. he meant this. It's, and then he meant, so it's nice to have your young A translator. Yeah, mm -hmm. a translator, if you will. So I could see where Chevy's probably just like, yeah, fill in, fill in the blanks. Do yep. some spackling for my story. As yep. I'm telling it, but I like when it, when a comedian, like an older comedian, like Letterman or something, will just be like, nah, I don't know. I don't remember who gives yeah. a shit. Surly, surly. It's probably will. so like not even in their wheelhouse anymore. Like something that is so monumental to us or yes. our childhood <laughs> was so a 15 hour workday 45 years ago to them. That mm -hmm. like, I don't fucking know. You're like, it's my favorite scene that me and my family rewound mm -hmm. five times every Christmas. And they're like, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, Letterman, like the first time you saw him and the first guest, you're like, I get it. I get Letterman. Like now I understand comedy. And then you're like, hey, when you interviewed, you know, whoever back then, he's like, I don't remember. I, I interview 5,000 people a year for 40 years. Yeah. None of it, none of it matters. Nope. But you know what does matter, guys? We're taking Tell a little me. trip. We're taking a little trip, Pat, back with Pat. Maybe when times were better, who knows? Times are definitely more innocent. I guess Pat was 19, he started in 1993. So he's probably like four years old when this movie came out. Let's see. I was about At 10. 10. All right. So uh, th this, this is very understandable because we love when people can tell us why the movie they picked was so important to them. That's the crux of the show. But it, it really helps when you find out the exact age they were and then the age of the main character. Mm -hmm. Like that speaks a lot why that connection was there. So I'm going to tell people quickly what this movie is about. Some people might not know, Pat, to you, it's very popular. To some people, they'd be like, I've never heard of this. Yeah, I had no idea Chip was the first timer the other night. What about you, Jeff? First timer. 
I definitely oh heard. Okay. I definitely okay. remembered the movie. I remembered it coming out and young, uh, cute little guy starring in a movie. Rookie of the Year is the movie in 1993, American sports comedy film starring Thomas Ian Nicholas. Three first names. A little annoying, but we'll, we'll let that pass. Thomas Ian Nicholas and Gary Busey as players of the Chicago Cubs of the Major League Baseball uh, Association. He plays Henry Rowengartner, an unskilled little leaguer who dreams of playing in the major leagues. He breaks his arm catching a fly ball. When the doctors remove the cast, he discovers that Henry's tendons have healed a little too tight, enabling Henry to throw a ball with incredible force. And boy, oh boy, does that new talent that he got from that accident propel him to something he wasn't expecting. Mm -hmm. It was budgeted at 10 to $14 million. Box office, 56 million. Not bad. Wasn't a bomb. Wasn't a hit. Quadrupled. Yeah, there you go. And running time, Chip, in our sweet spot, 103 minutes. Anywhere from an hour and a half to an hour 45 is okay with us. Yes. Yeah. Now, Pat, please tell us why this movie was so important to a young Patrick House. Oh, or where you set the scene. I was 10. Baseball was life. <laughs> Let's not it. forget 1993. The Phillies went to the World Series. Oh, That's God. right. I was all about the Phillies and then all about the Mariners. Ken Griffey Jr., Jay oh. Buhner, Randy Johnson. Baseball was life. Um, I loved, I was obsessed with Wrigley Field. When I, I, I was actually a kid. was a big fan of just actual Mariners, uh, just you see word people, you know, like actual, the, you know, yeah, Ro- Robert Tridents. Ballard, right? Yes, yes. Um, and I don't know what I was doing as a child, but I definitely had aspirations to be on screen. And I feel like, um, Thomas was only two or three years older than me, so I feel like I had perceptions of me like emulating him in that aspect the same way i almost did that for um macaulay culkin in home alone he's two years older than me and i'm like man i i I can see myself doing that so you kind of dreamed of being him as an actor not as a baseball player yeah 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 like like i want to be the the kid doing that Mm -hmm. but also i never took acting lessons or acted on stage or did any theater in any way shape or form but i think i had this fantasy that i wanted to do that in the back of my mind and with macaulay culkin and tom and uh, thomas in that movie i like felt myself like i want to do that without putting without putting into work absolutely it's it's like buying not buying a lottery ticket and fantasizing about your winnings I apologize to the listeners if I if I've said this story before, but Pat, I think you will really appreciate this. Speaking of Home Alone, love Home Alone. Watch it, honestly, multiple times every Christmas season. Dude, great. it holds up. It I'm really does. Tell it's, your it's story. A, I'm not going to cut great... you off. I'm going to cut you off right there and say, yep. man, does that hold up through and through? It's a great. It's a great movie. And but one of my favorite and the soundtrack. Memories. Soundtrack. It's great. It's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I, uh went to see home alone in the theater with and i was probably so this is 19 i was like 12 13 or whatever and i went with my my mom and my dad and my brother and my aunt and uncle my little cousin and we're all there it's like christmas week the theater is packed and my dad pat you've met my dad i think jeff you have too i met your dad sure my I've father met your dad millions many of times many in many, the past many times. 20 years yes many times and you know him very well he is not a man who has a lot of patience, and he doesn't like going to the movies. He doesn't like sitting in a cinema. I mean, come on. He's got, he's got things to do. 
and we're in this packed theater. We're loving the movie. Everybody's Patient enjoying Paul. it. Patient Paul. Patient <laughs> Paul. And there is an old man sitting in front of us. Okay. It's like an old couple and maybe some grandkids or whatever. And he's a pretty old man. It gets to the point of the Looney Tunes part where it's the burglars are trying to get in and they're slipping and falling on the ice and getting hit on the head and all all of that wackiness starts happening. This old man sitting in front of my father is laughing hysterically. Like every time he falls on the ice, every time he gets hit with a paint can, it's this man. Ha 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 ha. He's a sweet old man laughing. My dad was so angry. He was just literally, he was just showing me. He's like, it's not that funny. It's not that funny. What is he's. It's like a cartoon. He's just falling down. It's not that funny. And he, the, it ruined the movie for him because this man was enjoying himself watching. Some, I, sometimes other people's joy can just, you know. And I'll take be honest with you. you. Uh, sometimes yeah, it's other called in a comedy club every night. Yeah, I can. It really, yes, I've, I've learned that. I'm not too far. Dude, off. actually, I, Chip, I haven't heard you say that in so long, but I swear to God, I think I remember you telling me that 15 years ago, if not more. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of my favorite memories of my dad. It's he he was so angry at this man's joy. Yeah, do you remember how you uh, ingested this movie the first time? Was it in the theater? Did you rent? I it? I saw it in the movie theater, and then uh, I loved it. And then back then in the mid '90s, I felt like it took months and months for stuff to finally make it to HBO. Yeah. And then it was one of those things where it was on HBO every day when I got home from school and I'm still 10 or 11 and I just watched it every time it was on. Mm -hmm. And uh, fun fact, uh, right before the pandemic, I had shows at Zany's in Chicago and I went to a Cubs game at Wrigley and I just said funky butt loving all day with my beers walking around that stadium. Couldn't help that is, myself. That is Couldn't beautiful. even help myself. Right. And Jeff, I, I'm sorry. I apologize. Yeah. H had you seen this movie previously? No. no. Okay. No, nor I was I, aware nor of it. I. Definitely yes. aware uh, of absolutely. it. Absolutely. Very aware of it. Yeah. I, I was, uh, I'm going to say this too. And okay. I, then I, I, first of all, you're both welcome. Yes. Oh. Thank you. Thank you for introducing me. Thank you. I, Thank I you. do want to throw a shout out to our boy, uh, the Tin Man, Thomas Ian Nicholas, who actually is the lead singer and guitarist in the Tin Band, T-I-N, Thomas yeah, yeah. Ian Nicholas. He was actually uh, a guest on me and Ken Krantz's I Love Rock and Roll podcast. Oh, why was he really? Two, two years ago. And child actor was in American Pie. American now, Pie. Now yep. he's in this, he's in this, he plays music. He plays original music in this band. He travels around, kind of a jerk, kind of whatever. That's Oh, is he that really? Was, no, that was my guess. That was my guess. Couldn't have been a sweeter, more down-to-earth, fun uh nicest nicest guy i ever met just a sweetheart of a guy thomas ian nicholas he looks nothing like he did like he has no remnants of what he looked like no. at that age like uh, like some yeah. adults do he has none yeah he wanted to like dirty himself up hip himself up like you know what i mean yes. like he was a classically cute kid right mm -hmm. and he's probably just like listen I want to be in music. I don't want to be cute. I want to be a little alt. I want to be, you know, he's got the long hair and stuff. Still a good looking guy. He's not fooling anybody. I don't anybody. play for the Cubs anymore. My no. career has changed. Yep. Right. That's a good point. <laughs> Interestingly enough, Gary Busey doing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guys, we'll just start off. How old is Gary Busey in this movie? Oh, man. Um, I know. So let's take guesses. For 45 oh. years young. I was going to say 42. 49. <laughs> 
I he looked every him. he looked every day of it. If you ask me, yes, he did. Well, and also, I was thinking about that because like there was the one pitch, the one other pitcher who just looked like an old fat man from Chicago. Like yeah, it was just. And then I get, then I was thinking, I was like, maybe it's the casting. They want these guys to look a lot older. Yeah, than I think they cast well, everyone to look much older. Even I, though everybody yeah, back but, in that day did look older, they yeah. like, oh, they they did seem older automatically. But when you picture Gary Busey in that role as a major league starting pitcher at forty nine, you're like impossible, impossible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just get, um, get a get get some get a real pitcher in there, like a like a Kent Tacolvi who looked like he was yeah eighty five years old as Kent Tacolvi sidearm. Remember, Kent Remember that? He was a side of Pittsburgh Pirates, glasses. And the Phillies. And the oh, Phillies yeah, for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, guess, I guess you could call him Philly too, right? Yeah. I think he was the last sidearm pitcher for the Phillies. Yeah. Um, movie starts, guys. The opening, the opening scene with all the, I guess you'd call it B-roll of, of the people working at Wrigley Field, people going to Wrigley Field. It one thousand percent made me want to go to a baseball game. It, did it was such so a authentic. Good job. Yeah. Oh, it was. It was, it was so, so authentic. Exciting. You could tell that was real footage. Totally real, right? Of an, a Cubs game. It was so authentic and real. And even the uh, not even scanning of the tickets, the ripping of the tickets, Perfect. and the people waiting outside and the lawn Amazing. chairs, and then everybody. Their physical appearance was 1993. It was, it was I, I was. I was like nostalgic for that time, seeing how people actually dressed then. That's one of the best yeah. parts when they, yeah, they use real footage where there's not, you know, like costumers, makeup people. They just showed guys walking in with like the giant white, oversized white t-shirts. Like no one had fitted shirts, you know, mm-hmm. just walking in, tucked into their khakis with their kids. And yet, all I kept thinking, man, that's when baseball was affordable. You could just go and be like, hey, Tuesday, what's going to take my kid to go to a game? And now it's yeah. like a production, you know? Um, yeah, it made me want to go to a game, which I thought was amazing and then the other thing that hit me right away was bill conti the guy who did the score very well known um composer for movies uh music for movies but did the rock did the rocky theme right yeah uh, and, yep. and many others right um his theme that played throughout the whole movie you know it sounded it was so like classic and it kept like the the spirit of the movie up but it sounded like the uh remember the beef commercials like beef and it it's what's for dinner you can have a great beef dinner in no time at all well almost no time at all beef it's what's for dinner yeah and then they would yes. play that type of like bouncy yes. classical music that's all i kept thinking about as a vegetarian, so like, just, that must have been. As a really vegetarian, no, I, I, I handled it well. I'm like, listen, okay. if, if this is a subliminal <laughs> thing to try to get me to eat meat, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it, but I'm still going to enjoy the, the baseball game. Sure. Did you watch this? Do you have, do you have siblings? Was this uh, like a family movie experience or was this? No, this was very individualistic. Oh, okay. So it was all about. Um, I think my, actually, I'm almost certain that my mom took me to see this at the movies, but uh, no, watching it at home. All for all that time was definitely very just on my own. I got you. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, we we have guests on here who talk about experiences like, you know, I wasn't sure about the movie. And then everybody I was with was laughing. And then I'm like, wait, what am I missing out on? Oh, and then they, you know, then the point where they get it and it becomes like super important. But you were enwrapped right away. You were just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who I want to be without putting in the work. 
and <laughs> I love baseball. <laughs> and you had no problem with it being the Cubs. You were just like, I'm, I'm a baseball. No. And honestly, I think that movie is why the Cubs would be my second favorite National League team. Wow. I mean, Phillies, no question. Sure. Um, I've been to games at Wrigley. Uh, I think the stadium has amazing history. But honestly, it's probably why that movie like did that to me. Mm-hmm. Looking back, I, I owned a Cubs hat when I was a kid. I had a Phillies hat, a Cubs hat, and a Mariners hat. And that was it for baseball. That's great. I think I remember you, Pat, posting recently a young Pat House baseball card photo. I Correct? probably did. Yeah. Um, it may not have been that recently, but no. I'm sure whenever I um, headline shows around here, I tend to just bring back ridiculous old photos for promo yeah. for shits and giggles. Yeah. Yeah. I posted I did, a couple I... baseball photos and karate ones. over the <laughs> Karate ones are great. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I've got a lot of Would you say you were more skilled? Were you a more skilled karate man or a more skilled I was player? actually. I did yeah. karate f- for longer than I did uh, play baseball. And uh, I used to have a joke in my act about this, and it's totally true. I played baseball for six years, and I had two singles. <laughs> that's not – that's the honest-to-God truth. But karate I stuck with for a long time and got – I didn't. I was never a black belt, but I wasn't far from it. I couldn't tell you what I was. I was really young, but I started karate young and really put a lot into that. And um, Did you ever yeah. mix up the two, like during a baseball game? Just going yes. karate, high kick a fastball, of, yeah, mm-hmm. or just ask where like the wood block was where I could kick, yeah, 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 just very, very common stop, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Call the uh, pitcher sensei, sensei. Who, uh, who was your favorite person in the movie, guys? Who was, who was the guy you equated with? You were like, uh, the mom I, for being my first crush. Any other yeah. questions? Yeah, uh, yes. there you go. Yeah, Chip, the same. And, uh, that's that's no exaggeration, actually. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. <laughs> and then it was I, Blake's Blake's mom. And then yes, yes, sure. Higher than Blake's mom. Yes, chronologically, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I can I can easily tell you who my least favorite character was. Well, I think I we all that? know. If, if they if the director and the writer did their job, uh, making maybe the the quintessential asshole new boyfriend or new stepdad. Yeah, he, he never he made actually it wasn't. He wasn't no. my least favorite character. He was. He oh, I know ter- who I know. I totally know who you're least. Okay, character. so so the the boyfriend, the manager is was terrible. He's terrible in everything, which I think he's very good at. I guess yeah, he's he, he's like a, a Jason Alexander type. Yes, and just a very percent. like like typecast into that role, into that jerk role. He was such a jerk, very hated. But my least favorite person is is somebody who I love. I it's love Daniel in, Stern. It's Daniel Stern. He sucked in this movie. It, and d- didn't oh. Daniel Stern direct this movie? He was yes. the director. He was he the director. Was the director. And, oh. I, and by I the way, understand. he directed this fresh off Home Alone. Yes. Talk about yes. like like yes. like 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 a nosedive. I I understand what he was going for. Oh, it's so bad. You, you have to keep the children, the six yeah. year olds. Yeah, th- they can't be following getting traded to the Yankees and the ins and outs of a second marriage or whatever. <laughs> so they need a cartoon, just like Daniel Stern offered in Home Alone. But like, how many times do you get trapped in stuff and say it was too dumbed, dumbed down for a character in that movie? Like it's yeah. an unrealistic children's movie. But yeah. you're right. He played the buffoon on purpose mm-hmm. and did it. He was he was like in another movie. Yes. You know, he was in a cartoon and there was no one to tell him no because yeah. he was a director. He's probably like, guys, I'll handle this. No problem. Watch me. Watch me do my thing. Watch me do my craft. And people are just like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Eating sunflower seeds and, and getting and locked in the no batting di- cage. 
Yes, and there's no director to tell him not to do that because he's the director. It's I just... think my favorite scene was when he's sitting in the plane with Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern's just being complete, just annoyance. And then what's his name? Busey. Uh, Busey's just like, come on over here. Yeah. And I'm like, good, we get rid of Daniel Stern, right? Yes. Yeah. That, you know, I should have known, Chip. Mm-hmm. Pat, do you agree, disagree? Who any anybody you did not enjoy in the movie? I mean, the, was, the 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 mom's boyfriend was a jerk in the movie, mm-hmm. but um, you know, there are some sweet moments in that movie when uh, Gary, Gary Busey, Chet Stedman comes around and signs the autograph. Like mm-hmm. you know, it it has its arcs, it has its peaks and valleys, but yeah, the stepdad was so unlikable, and I think I remember even as a kid being like, "That's bad acting." <laughs> like, like I'm a young kid and I'm like, yeah, that doesn't that that's bad for this movie. And it's yeah. a kid's movie and I'm a kid. <laughs> I like that the mom basically just beat the shit out of him and then you never heard from him again. Yeah. Like yeah. that was great because normally you'd be like, he's gonna get his revenge, the C plot, whatever. He's like, no way, I'm his manager. I'm gonna no, she just like she beat him up and then he was gone. You're like, cool. Now let's yeah. just get on with it. That was pretty good. Uh that was pretty good, uh, you know. Part of in and out. Yeah, I will yeah. say one person I was disappointed in because I love him so much and I think he was just underused is our boy Dan Hadea. I think that's how you say it. Do you know Dan mm-hmm. Hadea? Yeah, yeah. Who was like the, the son of the manager or whoever, like you know, he always Trying plays to, the gruff yeah. character. Always love him in everything. Cheers. And cheers. Uh he was clueless, right? He was the dad yep. in clueless, I think. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. He's, he's great the, in everything. He, he's the nephew of the owner who yes. the owner in Home Alone 2 yes. owns um oh the toy store the, right the toy store yes and he's also Roy Wally from Vacation yes Whoa. Yes, right? yes, I, yes, I'm 99% sure right no I, you I are you're 100% no you're right. positive you're positive yeah. and but Dan Hedaya was like the the new owner you know owner to be and he's so great i thought he could be util- he could have been utilized more let's see if you guys okay he, hold on real quick yeah, yeah. can i mention one thing yeah yeah john candy uncredited role Uncredited. Yep. Phenomenal. That mm-hmm. was that that may have been after Cool Runnings. And that may have been his last role. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, his very last IMG... role was Wagon Wagons East. East. Was oh, okay. Wagons East. East. Yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he just he does that thing because he did Home Alone. Uh, you guys probably know this too. He did Home Alone for scale. He did it as a favor to John Hughes, and he did it for like six hundred dollars or four hundred dollars. And he got him for one day and he literally had him work basically for 24 hours straight. So he Candy came in for one day at Home Alone, did that yep. as a favor, and made like 600 bucks. And also in that scene in Home Alone where they're in the back of the Penske truck, he improved. He had no lines. Yeah. He, him and Catherine O'Hara improved that entire scene. There was no dialogue written for him. Well, they better. Those two, you know, basically. Exactly. The history created them and uh, the- created improv, you know, with their, their troops. Yeah. You know, just be like, go for it, dude. Right? Just do your thing. Yeah, he was great in it. Um, some fun facts, guys. I like to, Pat, when we do these shows, I pepper fun facts throughout our conversation. Now, and then he throws in some really unfun facts, like kind of like sad facts. Oh, yeah, really. That like, really bring, sad up, facts are bring the weight fun. down. Basically, yeah. I tell you, everyone who's had a loved one die within yes. the past five years. Yeah, yeah, I would love it if you were like, fun fact about the movie, sad fact, tell me about helium two weeks ago. And you just brought in like <laughs> personal stuff. <laughs> Like it's fun facts about the movie, sad facts about my career. Yeah. Hey, might want to. You know what? It's we we might want to do that. We might want to just keep the balance there. Um, Henry's mom again, who we love, Amy Morton, 
Fun fact, when she was celebrating Henry scoring a run after being walked, she hits her head on a lamp hanging above her. It was at the 57.45 minute mark. Morton obviously didn't mean to do that. She is visibly hurt and sits down and mutters, oh shit. And if you watch the movie, they didn't take it out, but they take out her saying, oh shit. And you can hear, see her mouthing, oh shit. Really? Yep. Oh. You have to lip read, but she was, uh, she was hurt. Thank God. She's fine. I don't think we've seen her in any other movies, correct? Yeah, I, I am DD her the other night, and I feel like nothing that I read like stood out to me as familiar. Here's what jumped out to me when I IMD beat her. The last few yeah, she's in her sixties, maybe seventies now. The last few credits in her career have literally been TV shows with the word Chicago at the beginning. Like yeah. Chicago Fire, Chicago Hope, which this was such a Chicago movie, mm -hmm. not just like a Cubs movie, but so, so many people from Chicago. Like it was, I've never, I feel bad. I've landed at a Chicago airport probably 20 times in my life. Never been actually in the city. Never, never been. I always wanted to. And this movie actually made me want to go even more because it was, it's cool. It's a great city. It's just a very, it's it like my wife was just there this year. She loved it. And it, just, but like, you could tell there was a lot of like working Chicago actors in, in this movie. You would almost think that this would be a John Hughes movie because yeah. yes. all of a yeah, lot yeah, of his totally. stuff was was Chicago based, and it had the family dynamic and the arcs, yeah. the ups and downs, and even not the like uh, Jeff you said earlier, the music. Like yeah. you, this could have easily, totally been a uh, John Hughes movie, and a lot, a lot of John Hughes characters. Yeah, I mean, you have Daniel Stern from Home Alone. You have uh, uh, John sure, Candy. John Candy. You have. Uh, Roy Wally from Vacation. Like, there's yeah. a, there's a bunch of uh, yeah. Of it totally movies. had that vibe. It's it's definitely a very very Chicago movie. Did anybody uh, relate with uh, the two times they showed him playing Little League? He was wearing jeans. Yes, just you know he's not good. He you he is not good at baseball. I think that was a good subtle way to be like this kid loves baseball, but you know he doesn't fully get it. He's kind of clueless. Chops. Kind of clueless, wearing jeans. That's fine, right? Uh, Daniel Stern was inspired to direct this movie, guys, because it deals with kids who have to deal with fame and being controlled by adults as managers who make all their decisions for them. He experienced this a lot on the set of Home Alone and Home Alone 2, observing how his co-star, Macaulay Culkin, was dictated by his domineering father, and he wanted to direct a movie that paralleled that real life experience. Interesting. But not on Wonder Years or Little Monsters. <laughs> I just saw Daniel Stern. I saw two Daniel Stern movies this week. I saw it, it was actually his first movie. Do you do either of you know what Daniel Stern yeah. I believe I believe it was his first movie. No, I mean, first movie for the first, first time movie. ever. Diner? No, nineteen nineteen seventy nine, I believe. Was he in a was he in one of the bike bicycling movies? Yes, he was. Breaking I away. Breaking away. I, yes. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah. yeah, you were you weren't even born. I was on my first. That's also true. When that came out. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's he was good in it. He's good in everything except for this movie. Except for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> right where miss. he's just um, where he Celt Celtic pride. <laughs> was Damon Wayans in that too? Who was in Celtic pride with him? Dan Aykroyd. Oh Jesus. Um, Celtic but Damon Wayans. Yeah, does Damon Wayans was play it? for the? Celtics in that movie. Damon Wayans, Dan Aykroyd, Damon Wayans, Daniel Stern, yeah. Gail O'Grady, Christopher yeah. McDonald. You know, it's weird. I read the book, but I didn't see the movie. <laughs> really? Is that uh, mm -hmm. yeah. that happens a lot? That happens a lot. Yeah. 
But um, here's a question. Like, he loved baseball, right? And his two best buddies, they seem to love baseball. So why didn't his buddies play baseball? Why was yeah. it just, right? Pat, because, they didn't have, because they didn't have the arm injury. But they no, why didn't they play for the Little League team? They didn't play Little League. They were just yeah. building a boat. They're just like some boat rooms. Hey, I realized I suck at sports. Maybe you're right. They're, they're and probably then I, just I, like... I bowed out. Maybe they the, were. How about they the were mom to get flirting tricks, with the man. one kid the whole time? The yeah, mom so kept flirting with the one little kid. I, I love that. that oh, yeah, dynamic. Yeah, 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 yeah. So jealous. And then the I kind of dug the scene. They get their dirtbag boat, right? And then they yeah, get it in the that water. That thing's a clunker. That's a, yeah, clunker, a water, right? a water lemon they, they had. And then they just go across the lake, and then it's like all the rich you know, kids hanging out, popular kids. And you're like, this is either not going to go well. They're just like, I honestly thought the boat was going to like conk out. They were going to drown and everyone would laugh at them. Yes. But the way it happened, guys, it was a success moment where they got the girls in the boat with them. Everybody's having a good time. And I think, Pat, I think you probably went got a little excited because the song that played at that time, the only real notable song was a Mike and Mechanic song. And if my memory serves me correct, Pat, you are a Genesis fan. I am. I absolutely but am. But here's, here's my question. Are you a Mike and the Mechanics? Mike plus the Mechanics. Mike fan. plus the Mechanics. Mike, Mike plus Mike the plus Mechanics, the yes. Mechanics. Mike Rutherford plus 12 nobodies. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I can't say I'm a fan beyond um, the living years yeah, and okay. uh, the other song. Do, do yeah. you hear me coming? Is that what's it? What's it? Yeah, do you yeah, hear yeah, yeah. me coming? Do you see? But yeah, they it was Paul. It was Carrick the living too. years, living years, living and years. And then um, the, the one. Do, do you hear me running? Uh, yeah, you, yeah. Do you, uh, that was, was actually an interesting video. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like moody. It wasn't yes. like a, it wasn't like, like a guy know. was gonna get like his arm. He like the they were gonna lose the uh, the guitar player's arm. It was like a mob situation. And wow, uh, yeah, it was a whole thing. So you so you are yes Genesis. Not so much, Mike. Plus oh, the mechanics. We will for- absolutely. We're forgetting. All I need is a miracle. That's oh. the one I couldn't think of. That's exactly what. That's I That's the think one of. that I was thinking of with the with the mafia thing. Yeah. Gotcha. All I need is a miracle. Great song. Yeah. 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 Uh, speaking uh, of great, speaking of great songs, mm-hmm. uh, you as you said that "Get Up" by Mike and the Mechanics is the <laughs> only song, the only notable song in the soundtrack besides the wonderful Bill Conti. Yeah. Yeah. Score. Score. Right. Uh, did you know there was almost another song in the soundtrack? I'd love to hear about it. I, I did some some deep diving, and Pat, I don't know if you heard our last episode with Mr. Jim Heskey. We did the movie Tremors from 1990, and yes. uh, not, not really a score, not really a, a soundtrack for that movie, but we found out, I found out, I did some deep diving on the dark web, and I found out that Kenny Loggins, 80s soundtrack legend Kenny Loggins. Oh, my Foot, God. Footloose, Top Gun, Caddyshack, et al. He wrote a demo for Tremors, and I actually found the audio of the demo, and I played it, it amazing, on air. Pat. Amazing. Unfo- he was a little down on his luck at the time. Kenny Loggins had a couple of rough years. He did, Kenny Loggins did the same thing for Rookie of the Year. And I found the recording... Oh my God, Chip! We on the dark web again. The demo, yeah, that he did in 1992, leading up to the production of this movie, he really tried to sell it to Daniel Stern and the rest of the people in the production, 
Kenny Loggins wrote a demo for the Rookie of the Year theme song. Would you guys would you, would you guys like to hear it? I'd love I to. would love to. I'll put it up to my – give me a thumbs up if, if you can hear it okay. And uh, This is Kenny Loggins with a demo for the theme to the movie Rookie of the Year, Take 17. In Chicago, there's a lad, and at baseball, he is bad, all right. In a cup shirt, he is clad, and he doesn't have a dad inside. I went to the baseball zone, swinging right into the baseball zone. He broke his arm out on the field, and his tendons, they had healed too tight. To the big leagues, he was dealed, and he pitched at Wrigley Field, all right. I went to the baseball zone. This tween went right to the baseball zone. The fans all got to see this kid pitch a doozy each night. But then his arm went loosey-goosey, and he tried to get his mom to have sex with Gary Busey, all right. I went to the baseball zone, swinging right to the baseball zone. Take that, Messina. Wow, Chip. Yeah. Whoa. Holy yeah, crap. that was Kenny little down on his luck. Kenny Loggins, Dude. early 90s. Oh. Tried to uh, honestly, I'm gonna say it again. I hate to I hate to speak uh ill of Mr. Loggins, but I think going to going to a well that he went to before a little too Man, much. Man, you know what? familiar, a little familiar. Yeah. He has a he has a catalog of epic proportions spanning decades, but uh yep. big leagues he was dealed. Yeah. Played at Wrigley Field. I mean, yeah. phenomenal, yeah. Yeah. lyrical. And unfo- I love anytime you you can rhyme Lucy with Gary Busey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So where did you record that? And <laughs> how long did that take? And were you where did you record that? I want to know where that took place. <laughs> well, first of all, that's not me. I found that on the dark web. That was actually Kenny Loggins. Yeah. And oh. I di- and I definitely did. I would not- love to know where Kerry- Kenny Loggins. I, I definitely did not write it at six o'clock tonight and record it <laughs> into my iPhone at six fifteen. So uh yeah, I'll say that. I wonder wow. if Kenny Loggins did that in one take. Yeah. I think he did. I think Kenny, uh, you know, he's they they call him one take Kenny for, oh, yeah, wow. for that reason, I believe. Yeah. Um do you guys like quizzes, Pat? The thing that Chip and I do, we do a lot of research, we do a lot of fun fact research, we do a lot deep dives, deep and dives. just is fun deep and stuff dives. like that. Sometimes we find uh, like quizzes that are related to the topic at hand. Mm-hmm. I found a baseball quiz. This is going to be called Baseball Movies True or False. So I'm going to okay. give you, Pat, description right. of a baseball movie, and you tell me if it's, a, if it's a real movie or not. All right. You ready? 12-year-old who suddenly becomes the owner and then manager of the Minnesota Twins baseball team. This movie's called Little Big League in 1994. True that is false. absolutely true. Yeah, I watched the trailer for that. What a dud. Oof. Oh, it was a dud, and I knew that when I was a kid because yeah. I compared the two, and I was like, that was fucking no rookie Nothing. of the year. Mm-hmm. The kids, the kid had no charisma. Where, where Thomas Ian Nicholas III had, was oozing with charm and boy wonder, this kid was- And temporary talent. Yes. Yes. As my dad would call, my dad used to be like, if you saw a bad kid actor- my dad would just sit there and watch all movies. He'd just go, producer's kid. <laughs> like, what? He's like, that's what you call producer's kid. They get them in the movie. They can't act. This that's kid was so a producer. funny. And I don't think this kid was in any other movie. 
So yes, Pat, that was. I want to a... say you're right. Also, I'm I'm more you know inclined to believe a kid is going to pitch Major League Baseball <laughs> than be a manager for a season. And like, because I'm what, not an idiot. No, right. And what like twelve year old be like? Oh my God, I can picture like a young Pat thinking that he could actually play in a major league game. Fuck yeah, I want that movie. Mm-hmm. A young Pat saying, "Wait, I can manage and do payroll and and go to draft yeah. day." I'm not oh, watching the yeah. kid. I'm not watching a kid do business. <laughs> I'm not watching a kid do business. I'm not here to watch a kid <laughs> do paperwork. Chip, you want to one? Bobby Bonilla and Barry Bonds who made appearances in the movie. That's right. Chip, here's one. This is another movie that came out then. Two, what was it? Twin 12-foot-tall aliens crash into a baseball field, befriend a nerd who then disguises them as tweens, and they become star players of the losing Little League team, much to the chagrin of the rich kids who are in first place. Base Invaders, 1986 Base Invaders. I'm I'm going to say that is not real. Pat? I'm going to agree with him. Yeah, guys, that's not that's not that's real. not a real one. There's, oh, there wasn't man. two twin 12 foot tall aliens um base of it. No, that's 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 not real at all. No. Um here's one. This movie follows the perfect game performance of an aging baseball pitcher as he calms himself with memories about his long-term relationship. Oh boy, for the love of the game, 1999. Pat. For the love of the game. That's true, right? That's true. Sadly, it yeah, is yeah, true. Yeah. That was one of Kevin Costner's many movies. Yes. Bull Durham. A, and, yeah, 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 yeah. This was a dud. This was a super dud. It tried to, it tried to, it did like this thing that's never been done before where he was flashbacks to his whole life. And he's like, you know what? Maybe I put my, my relationship on the back burner and put my baseball, um, you know, and then that's what the movie's about. And guys, it wasn't good, but I'll tell you what was good. Yeah. That was the sequel to Tin Cup. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, he he did a lot of sports movies, right? He did, right? Waterworld, 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 yeah. Robin Hood. Yellow, there's archery Yellowstone, in that. archery, yeah. Yellowstone, right? Yellowstone, <laughs> Some, he, uh, summer bear school. boxing, right? Yellowstone doesn't he box bears? I think he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's a bear yeah. boxer. I know, like bears. The, the problem with that is, like, the whole show is bears stealing picnic baskets. Correct? Yes, that's yes, that's yes, all yes. Yellowstone is about. Yeah. Okay. Oh, this is one, Pat. This is right up your alley. But Chip, I'm going to ask you. Okay. This was a once in a lifetime magical night is captured when the entire Philadelphia fastballs, major league baseball team comes down with food poisoning and the ragtag staff of the cheesesteak shop next to the stadium suit up in their place and play the game of their lives. Guys, Hoagie Town Heroes, 1999. Uh, yes, that is 100% true. 100%. That is, that that is, is a real absolutely true. It is one of the best Philadelphia based movies. Thing I just love about it so. Can much. you tell me the name of that movie again, Jeff? Sure, it was called. Um, let me. Got a Hoagie Town here. <laughs> Hoagie Town Heroes. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I believe I have was, that. <laughs> I have that on Laserdisc. I believe. I think the Philadelphia fastballs before the game, they show them they all go to this steak shop, mm-hmm. and get their traditional cheese steaks. Sure. But then when they all come down with food poisoning, it's the ragtag staff feel bad and then yes. they suit up yeah yep. and it was a magical night yeah hoagie town Very, heroes yeah did really well in philadelphia yeah yeah nowhere else nowhere no, else. Oh, no obviously nowhere else pat and insane... we like to have our own you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah definitely that's Promising the philadelphia stories. fastballs too that was mm-hmm. uh, you know 
An insane farmer builds a baseball field in his cornfield that is soon overrun by shoeless ghosts, Pat. I'm going to go with true, and I'm going to say Kevin Costner again. again. Yes. Sappy, maudlin, just treacly um, sweet movies. Mm-hmm. Kevin Costner, baseball, that's him. Field of Dreams, yeah, 1989. And now the, the MLB actually has several games there a year. Yeah, that's right. What, that's what, what, actually right. a place where Major League Baseball has a couple games, yeah. It's on the, uh, I believe, eastern uh, side of Iowa. Mm. It's in Iowa, I know that. But yeah. at least now, Patrick, on the eastern side. You, you pretty much have hit every state, right? Have you played Iowa? I haven't played, yeah, yeah. yeah. Des Moines. That's what, every, time, every time I go to Des Moines, I'm like, I want to go see Field of Dreams, and then I'm like, oh, it's 90 miles away. Hmm. It, it's just not conducive for a friday saturday weekend don't you love like because everything's close here like you know it's like new york's hour and a half two hours dc hour and a half baltimore yeah. two hours so when even boston's like five yeah, like five like that, that's so reasonable to us oh yeah so anything that is like you know if you go to a state that's huge and you're like oh you're in um you're here like oh you're in woodstock new york have you gone to um Buffalo, me not knowing, and they're like, dude, that's six hours away. Yeah, I know. It's a new- and that's like, the thing. I- like every time I've done Des Moines, like I don't have a car, so right. there. That's a big factor in that. That's always a, a gig I would fly to. So, yeah, Ch- Chip, I was just talking about. We were just up in the Catskills for a wedding, and we Kelly and I know know nothing about state New York, so we literally were seeing signs. We're like, oh, it's forty minutes to to where we're going in the Catskills, and it says. Then uh, Buffalo, 380 miles. Montreal, 320 miles. I'm like, where is everything? Like, yes. I just figured everything. I figured Catskills, Albany, Syracuse, right. Buffalo were Dude. just all near the uh, Niagara Falls. And I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Not. We had I... Mary Rosinski on our show a couple of years ago, and she was getting mad, Chip, because you and I, she's from somewhere she's from, in New York. Uh, yeah, excuse me, Albany, Atlas, I believe. Albion, near Rochester, which is yeah. between Rochester and Buffalo. Yeah. Right. And I said something like, oh, right near whatever. She's like, mm, not even close, Jeff. Yeah. You know, like, it's funny. I was hundreds of miles away. New York it's, is huge. It's a it's weird huge. shaped state yep. and it's huge. And like Philadelphia is closer to Buffalo than New York City. Logistically, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it's such a, it's, I was just in Albany and Syracuse last week. That state is so long and so north to south. Yeah. It is yeah, it's faster Crazy. to get, I think, from Buffalo to Philly than it is from Buffalo it, to New York City. Yeah, it it absolutely it's, is. It's wild. Yeah. It's also quicker to get to Buffalo from Philly than it's to get to Erie from Philly. Yeah, the what way do you the prefer, Pennsylvania highways Pat, what's are. What's a better What's a better comedy audience, Buffalo or Albany? Oh, Buffalo. Buffalo is good. Definitely. Yeah. Buffalo do you think it's great. Buffalo yeah. is in such a cold, desolate, like almost Arctic, like? You know, Buffalo's a working class city, man. You have Buffalo, Erie, Cleveland. Like yeah. they're, they're big major cities. They're working class. They get they're it. They're down for a good time. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And one thing that that's that's nice too. I think it's they're a surprising crowd because they are that they show up with their Bills jerseys and their Sabers jerseys and they, they they're working class and they're they like to drink. Henry Rowan Gardner jerseys. Yes, but. Unlike a Philly crowd, they have more of a Midwestern uh, just demeanor, so they're nice. They're not wow. 
loud, yeah, yeah, yeah. obnoxious, whatever. They're just they can be a little rowdy, but they're they can be a little drunker. Very, I was gonna say that they can be they can a be drunker more, but they're very nice. I remember there was one weekend where it was, uh, oh Pat, you're gonna help me. Who is the Philly? I think he was Philly based originally. Julia McCullough. Julia McCullough. I was yeah. featuring with Julia McCullough in Buffalo, and the entire weekend, crowds the entire weekend. They didn't stop to, every single show. They didn't stop talking. They would talk the entire time, but every time you hit a punchline, they laughed like crazy. <laughs> so, so they were listening. Like we lost them. So they were listening somehow. So we couldn't get mad at them because they would just talk. But every time we delivered a punchline, they laughed like crazy. It was. Ju- it, I I don't understand how. Is there a term for that in the comedy world? You guys? Yeah, it's Is called there... buffalo. It's called buffalo. Yeah, they <laughs> buffalo. <laughs> Uh, by the way, speaking of Mary Rudzinski, uh, uh, how big this country is, her uh, gentleman friend, Mark Rittemeyer, who it's his birthday. Shout out to Mark Rittemeyer. He and I uh, drove across country two years ago, and we were in White Sands National Park in New Mexico. And it, we got done at about 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and we started driving a little further west, and we're going to like get a hotel room that night. And there's mountains on the horizon in front of us. We're driving towards mountains. And we drove for about an hour and 15 minutes. And that's when we realized the mountains weren't any closer to us. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, I've, I never experienced anything like that. Because no matter what I have ever seen on the horizon. The depth yeah. perception. When, you're when, there when, when, when there's 20 no or 30 point. minutes, you're done. And it was just these mountains were in front of us looming an hour and a half almost. We drove and they didn't seem to get any closer. It was, it Isn't was that wild. nuts? Yeah. We were just yeah. like. I guess we stop. Like it's not getting any closer. Why even do it? Right. Yeah. Just, just turn around the car, and get on a plane and yeah. Guys, a uh, chip. Here's one for you. Um, a baseball manager goes to Canada to scout a player. And when his car breaks down, he comes across a grizzly bear who can throw a consistent hundred mile per hour fastball and hit for power. Big league bear, 1985, big league bear. Uh, I'm going to say 100% true. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite movies. It's amazing. It was a real bear. This is before CGI, Pat. They had, okay, so yeah, they, they had, had to train a, a bear. They had a bear trainer. Was this the prequel to Cocaine Bear? Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. It was okay. actually Cocaine Bear's grandfather. It's a whole yep. family of very talented grizzly bears. Bear um, family. Two people got killed, of course, on set, mauled by the bear. Because, you know, bears have good days and bad <laughs> days, Pat. They're not all they're not all great days for Big League Bear, 1985. Um. By the way, there was a dog. I just saw this uh, a meme. I don't know if you guys saw this. A poodle. Oh, a no. poodle. Uh, I, I, I want to look it up. Hold on. Uh, I like that, I like chips. Like, I got breaking news. There was a dog. Yes. It was a poodle. A poodle. <laughs> In the 80s. Oh, no. This, this poodle. Oh, her name was Darla. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Of course it was. Yeah, right. Do you, do you know the, you know the no. story? She was a dog actor. She's a poodle. Okay. Dog actor. She was the dog. She played the pink poodle in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh, wow. She also was the poodle in 1989's The Burbs with Tom oh, Hanks. Yeah, One of my yeah. favorite movies. Underrated yeah. movie. Great movie. Typecast as a dog. As a dog. <laughs> and never got those cat rolls. And was precious <laughs> Buffalo Bill's dog in the well in Silence oh, of the Lambs. Wow, this she's dog got was range. He was Big Adventure. Yeah. Dude, it has better credits than you, all of us. Yeah. By far. <laughs> Way more famous than all this. This same dog was in all three of those movies. I thought that was the coolest. Chip, can we get her as a guest? Uh, uh, I'm gonna. I, I'll see. Uh, I'll see what I can do. 
I'll get on the horn. One of my favorite Chip Chantry jokes. This is a, a long time ago. It's like, hey, when you when you see a friend you haven't seen in ten or so years, don't open with, hey, how's your dog? <laughs> yeah, not a good idea. Never, <laughs> ne- never ends well. I've done that. I'm I'm just like so. I'm like, oh yeah. Yes, he was probably eight then, and I haven't seen. Funny, him I actually avoided years. that question last week, so that's yeah. really funny that you bring that up because I just had a situation where I was like, "Hey, yeah, not oh, gonna, not, not yeah. gonna, we're gonna retract." Yeah. All right, uh, Pat, I got one for you. Oh, of course, yeah, this is obvious, but an '80s hip hop sports classic where a team of break dancers is forced to join a baseball tournament to win a cash prize to save their community center, Pat. Designated haters, 1983. I'm going to go with uh, no. That is not a real movie, Pat. You're very, very on top of things. Designated haters. That was a great, great, great choice of words. Yeah, I could picture that. Also, Breakdancers was a good one, too. That would not be a terrible script. No. Because back then, like, here's the deal. Back when Breaking was big and the other one. Busting? Like, was Busting something? It was Breaking and. Entering. Um, Entering. <laughs> those movies, like, those kids were so athletic and they could do anything. So them having to be like, all right, let's just join this baseball tournament, win that damn thing and get the money and keep the community center open. And then the next thing, they're all like, whoop. You know, and then <laughs> they just show them pop and lock. And then the next scene is they're putting on uniforms and then they're just like swinging the bats, but then doing like a little flip sliding and then like moon, moonwalking back. Right. All right. I'm just saying, I'm not yeah. saying. Yeah, they could do it. I'm not saying we should option this screenplay or it exists, but, but I, I'm in. By the way, was Beat Street the other one you were thinking yes, of? Thank you. Beat Street. Of course, a small kid moves to a new neighborhood and makes friends with a group of kids who play baseball at a sandlot. No, no, that sounds very. That sounds absolutely never Uh, happened. Actually, impossible. I watched that that movie for the first time ever uh, for this podcast. I believe it was was it Mr. Josh Gondelman? Josh Gondelman. Josh Gondelman. You were a first timer when you watched that for this podcast. I had never. I had seen pieces. Had I can one thousand percent say you loved that movie when it came out. Oh my god, that's probably <laughs> in the top five movies I've seen the most in my entire life. I go and I saw that episode. Josh beat me to it. Yeah, it was it, Josh. Thanks for letting the Boston guy take yeah. my. Uh, well, he, it came out the same year as Rookie did. of the Year. It did that's because, a- and that led into Little Big League. There was a whole stretch of them, and yep. I feel like they were kind of connected because they were all. Well, they got less popular as each one came out, but the Sandlot was mm-hmm. the most successful. Then um, Rookie of the Year, and then Little Big League just totally shit the bed for the baseball franchise. So I feel like that was kind of it ruined like, the uh, universe. It ruined yeah, like, little kid, but, but kind of in universe. order for the for the um, film industry. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of guys, a violent earthquake rocks Southern California, and a hapless teenager finds himself careening through a hole torn in the fabric of time, and awakens in the Middle Ages where legendary sorcerer Merlin recruits him to rid Camelot of evil. Guys, a kid in King Arthur's court, 1995. I'm going to go with this is real. Yeah, that's a real one. And I'm going to go the actor in it was, um, I forget his name. Hold on. But he was in another movie that I was just talking about for the past hour. There you go. Um, Yeah. Talk about typecast. Thomas Ian Nicholas III. Yeah, his because he, he's pitching when he's pitching when that happens. Yeah. yeah, his big movie, 
after this one was another little league movie. He starred in it and you look at him and he's, he's older. He's about two or three years older, not the little cute kid. He's more of like a sassy, like kid with attitude. I'll tell you what I watched. He barely has a wispy mustache. Yes. I watched the trailer. It looked good because he goes back in time, but then he's just like, listen, why don't you guys invent a skateboard? I'll show you how to do it. Why don't you invent a bike? I'll show you how to do it. And they're just like, oh, this is pretty cool. And he's like, yeah, I took a shop class for a year. I know how to do things. Pretty good. Guess who is two? Also, I pitched for the Cubs. Yes. (laughs) And guess who his two co-stars are? This is great. So he's in King Arthur's Court. So they have two British actors, both the woman and the Sir Galahad. They're at their... Very early stage of acting, these two. You're never going to guess, but I, I will say one. Um, one is from the Titanic. She was a love interest. Kate Winslet, huh? A young Kate Winslet. Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates, exactly. <laughs> the scene where they kiss, Kathy Bates and the kid from King Arthur's Court, it's almost X-rated what goes on between Kathy Bates. And, no, and of course- Note to self, like, rewatch this movie. Rewatch this movie. Um, the guy in it, Daniel Craig, a very young James really? Bond. No kidding. Wow. Almost unrecognizable. I want to watch this movie now, guys, because okay. it, it I had looks... that on VHS also. Oh, but it was beautiful. not one of my favorites in the rotation, but I remember <laughs> I, 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 I owned this, yeah. <laughs> of course you did. You had all the padded his little laser discs, and it just said baseball. <laughs> Laser yeah, yeah. disc it was VHS, and then his other one just said nudity, nudity, <laughs> for, question for the R rated ones. Like, yeah, parents, oh, you going out to dinner, mom and dad? Yes, yep. pop in this H- HBO real sex. Yep, oh my god, <laughs> we used to say, I we talk about this like every other podcast, but like my parents would go out, my brother DJ and I would be like, all right, it's nine o'clock, put on HBO, and then you do boo, 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 and the HBO thing would come on, and you're like, yes, yes, yes. And then they're just like, screen goes to black. It's like, the following motion picture is rated. And we're like, rated R for, for nudity. And we're like, oh! <laughs> and we're watching like. It's totally relatable, man. Oh, it was so great. We were hot, like, would high five and just be like for that, whatever, 10 seconds of beautiful nudity. Mm-hmm. Male, I remember female. being a very and little we kid. Should, we should redo. I'm sorry, not redo. We should do this episode again with that entire theme of 90s stuff that we saw on TV at that time. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. I could do a whole, I, I could do five right off the bat. Let's do that. Let's plan another Red one. Shoe Diaries. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. just Emmanuel right off the in space. Oh. Do you remember the Brian, the, the first scripted like comedy show that they had HBO Sundays was Brian Ben Oh, ben. Dream On? Dream On. And guaranteed every show he had an up and coming actress take her top off. Yeah. Like it was weird. Like, it okay, was that almost... I do not remember. Yeah. And Brian, I Devin never saw was... it, but I, but I heard that yeah, that it was, was like a more gimmick. my era. Like, but yeah. it was this like unwritten rule. Like he'd almost like when Jerry Seinfeld, who's just a normal looking guy would have every hot girlfriend. He'd be like, how did he get this? Yeah. That's what Brian Benman was like a normal looking charismatic guy, but he'd always have like, the young whoever ingenue of the day would be on and nine times out of 10, there's yeah. a little nudity. And mm-hmm. for a young Jeff Lyons, Hey, that's, that's what he was. That's what he was yeah. looking for. Right. Yeah. And an adult Jeff Lyons. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. never, it's never changed for and an elderly Jeff Lyons today. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
All right, Pat, you might, I, here's another one. So yeah, King, a kid in King Arthur's court. And this one, obviously an elderly woman inherits a professional baseball team from her husband and replaces all the current players with her elderly friends who discover a fountain of youth, Pat grand slam, Graham slam, 1981, Graham slam. Is this the Marge shot story? <laughs> it is 100% Marge shot story. Oh, I didn't mention it. Um, an elderly woman who is overtly racist inherits professional. I, I had to work. <laughs> I wanted to work that name in here so bad. Was Mars shot ever in a movie? That would be pretty. Uh, I, mean, I don't besides, know, but man, she was on TV a lot in the nineties yeah, for not was. good stuff. Holy crap. Graham slam. Uh, she was in that. And besides who else? I uh, believe she was on an episode of dream on. Oh. <laughs> I'll remember. Actually, was, Red no, Sox do diaries. <laughs> oh, nice. Billy West, the amazing uh, voice actor, used to be on Howard Stern, and he would just do 10 straight minutes of Marge Shot being racist. Oh, God, yeah. And it was amazing. Literally, Billy, Billy West was only on Stern for like a year and a half, and then Jackie the Joke Man was jealous of him. So he kind of, they forced out Billy West, and he had other stuff going on. But his tear on Howard Stern doing like m- any voice, he was just mm-hmm. so good. And him doing Marge Shot to me, like I still remember just being like young and being like, oh my God, it's the best ever. I got one I more. I being young and like knowing that like Marge Shot was like such a piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. But she was allowed to flourish. Like today, she would she literally. Owned the, she owned the Cincinnati Reds. Yes. Yes. Okay. Her husband died. She took it over. Yes. Yes. But back then, like they treated her as like, oh, she's just an old woman with her her little, you know, proclivities and slight prejudices, and we're just going to let her be who she is. And sure, she dropped. And they were not slight. Those no, and prejudices were not slight. And back then, it took like years them to finally say, you know what? I think we really got to get rid of her. Where today, literally, she'd be gone in. After the very first first time, right, right, but um, yeah. Oh man, I'm I'm gonna spend the rest of the night YouTubing this. Yeah. So you know, like you trouble falling asleep, fire up Wiki, March shot, then you go to YouTube. You got a whole night ahead of you, and uh, yeah, yeah. Got one more, guys. Chip, I'll give this one to you. To avoid prison time for drug possession charges, Stoner buddies Dave Chappelle and Jim Brewer agree to manage a little league baseball team in desperate need of a coach. Are you familiar with sacrifice blunts? 1988. <laughs> it's, that was a really good one. It was the earlier in their careers, but man, what a, I, I believe they played that played on showtime. a lot. Yes. Sacrifice yeah. blunts. Um, <laughs> sacrifice. Yeah. That is such a great pun. Yeah. Uh, it's there that guys, that beautiful. was called the uh, baseball movies. True or false quiz. Thank you. We survived. We survived. We God, that's all we ask. We ask yep. our guests. I, hey, you guys mind if I ask you, was this movie uh, Rookie of the Year? Was it a true story? Yeah, it was. Okay. It was. Yeah. I feel I feel weird asking sometimes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and and he died, right, at the end? <laughs> the real yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the whole surgery thing. Really it was like it was kind of like an Armageddon thing where it was just coming down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I got to give one of my favorite scenes. Good physical comedy, the cast, just the nice montage of him having the cast walking through everybody waving to him out the window. One of the funniest parts of the movie is how obnoxiously long his arm is held upright. It's inhumane. That wouldn't happen. Like it's a very subtle, a subtle joke. 
yes, mm-hmm. but it, it it works really well. Uh, and we always like to say, when you have a kid's movie, kid actors, I'd say across the board, kid actors are very good. Mm-hmm. He was good. His two little buddies did two the buddies perfect kind of like, you know, the big fat buddy who's always like kind of scheming. But he was, you know, who was the angrier one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the smaller one had the softer side that was more forgiving and understanding. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But, Which uh, is typecast oh, for their body size. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Yeah. 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 I like when you have a movie where like the littlest guy is like the badass, right? Yeah. Like, like what a was Christmas the uh, story? Yeah. Christmas story. There you go. Yes. I like that little, that little tough guy. <laughs> or every once in a while. And I think even that little kid actor played that somehow there, the littlest one is always like the horny one, which is always <laughs> off putting to me. You know, like the kid in Sandlot, the one kid in Sandlot that, you yeah, know, the yeah, glasses yeah. and squints. Uh, squints, squints, yes. Pat, how would you, let's say there's some young person and you're like, you know, a young person's like, hey, Pat, I heard this movie, uh, Rookie of the Year is good. What's your elevator pitch? How would you sell someone on watching this movie? Like someone who's young, maybe not like familiar. Like a Gen Z, Gen Z, Gen kid, Z, like, yeah, like you're a like, here's the movie you got to watch. How old is Gen Z? I have no idea. How are no let's, let's call them 22. That's my guess. And I could yeah. be way off. That could be yeah. three generations off. Man, this is bad. Um, Because I feel like that's like impossible. I couldn't sell Pee Wee's Big Adventure on people that age when Paul Rubens passed away last month. Uh, but, right. to answer, but to answer your question, I think it would be like, look, it's cheesy, but it's cute and it's family friendly and it's safe for everybody. You just yeah. got to yeah. give it a chance. And honestly, that's how I would probably pitch it. Yeah. There you go. Nice. I like, I like, I like that. It. I like that. Yeah. And it's then a feel um, good. Feel good. It's feel good. Do you uh did you follow? Were you like, I'm now a big Thomas Ian Nicholas fan, and I would watch or I watched American Pie because of my fandom of him and his earlier work. No, but you know what? You recalled something in me that I think I kind of forgot about. I think we were watching American Pie in college, and I said to a group of people. Hey, that's the kid from Rookie of the Year, and like no one fucking no one. cared or knew uh, what I was talking about. And th- that still, I will say things like that now, and I still get the same reaction. <laughs> well, that's the guy that sang bat that, that that sang backup on that one uh, Green Day song, and they're like, no, yeah, no, but this. And is... I'm like, but in my head, I'm like, I have to tell everybody this right now. Yeah. Oh yeah, because when you have that kind of arcane knowledge that you deem super important to yourself that no one gives a fuck about. Mm-hmm. I know. And usually like Chip and I were kind of on the same wavelength with like knowing that. And like, we're usually jumping at each other. Like, no, no, I know who it is. I know who it is. You know, like, like that's exciting. Like you yes. love when you find out this is, I went to a wedding this weekend and it's my wife's coworker who's 24. She's getting married to Simon. Who's 24. Oh, so she's not very, single, very young, very cute, beautiful, just young whole world's in front of them we go get there early we go out to brunch and they're there with their families and they come in and they meet us and of course i've never met her before I'm, hello she's like this simon simon i'm hello and, and he's wearing a, a shirt and it's a, a shirt of a of a british hardcore band high vis and i just go hey is that high vis the uh british band and he's like and he looked at me because you know i'm old I'm a very decrepit old man and he goes yeah and I'm like, yeah, I'm a big fan. I just actually watched a concert of theirs last night on YouTube. It was from the Outbreak Fest. It was like their third show where they opened with the cover of Morning Glory. And he's just like, oh, we're going to get along, sir. <laughs> and it was like, Pat, let me just tell you something. 
it's very rare that I can find someone my own age to talk about things that I love, like, you know, like bands that aren't as popular, but I found a 24 year old and when we connected and I'm like, this is my new buddy, but he could be like my son. But also, and it was a lovely moment. And I very yes. rarely have very lovely moments. Dude, I am so glad you had that moment because I know how important that is, but mm-hmm. how soul crushing would it have been to be like, hey, I watched this concert. It was the third time they played this. And he was like, what the fuck <laughs> are you talking about? That would have been. I know. But I crumbling. But you're yeah. right. But I think I was just like so excited to almost like have that sort of. I'm going to just be vulnerable, guys. I'm yes. going to be vulnerable Dude, and throw it out there. And- a moment with somebody, especially with a moment with somebody who you don't know don't. or a stranger or somebody you don't know that well kind of trumps all other connections that you can have with your friends. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If, if you can, yeah, like, if they yeah. don't understand the same passion you have for the one particular thing. Yeah. Right. Pat, when you find other, what are Genesis fans called? Pat, like, what are they like? Uh, uh, genocides, I believe. Genes- genocides? genocides. Like, what, what do you call yes, yourselves? Yes, yes. Full colonites. Right. Colonites. Like, <laughs> what is your? I'm fascinated by Genesis, by the way. Fascinated. And let me just tell you, turn it on. Well, well by go Genesis. on. Like, what? The, like, the, the song "Turn It On" by Genesis makes literally everyone in my place. I've seen them open and close with it. So I've seen this, them bookend with it. Not in the same I, concert, but on different tours. When I was a kid. That was like my favorite video for so long. And I was like, this yeah. is so cool. Like just the perfect, it's a perfect song. What's your favorite era of Genesis? Are you a uh, Gabriel? Okay, here, you- I, the- I can't dance. We can't dance. That's my guess. <sighs> well, okay. I can um, encompass all this in one answer. My dad took me to my first concert and I saw Genesis at the vet in 1991 on the oh, I, I Can't it. Dance tour. Oh, okay. But I was raised on Phil Collins Genesis mid 80s yeah. mm-hmm. to the early 90s Invisible but when I got touch. older oh my god yeah all that stuff but um when I got older even in, in like not even older late teens early 20s I went back to the Peter Gabriel uh, era so I um I love both and I hold them both in two separate things yeah because there's so many great songs in both camps it's crazy the, when you yeah when no, you tell Phil, people, Phil Collins is more the Phil Collins era is more poppy and radio yeah. and sing songy, and the Peter Gabriel era has more um, more theatrical. There's flute and there's longer guitar solos and yada yada yada. So yeah. in my mind, they're two different things, but I, I I love them both. Yeah, when you tell people like, oh, you like you know like Abacab, like that whole awesome era, and then you're like. Oh, you might want to go check out their real early stuff where it is 100% Selling England by the pound. Yes, where it's like, <laughs> you guys, you know what prog rock is? Like, no, you don't know what prog rock is? Oh boy, you're in for a treat. Like, think of like, they're more prog rock than yes could even come close to 100%. with their early. And, and also, oh my God, you love um, throwing it all away and follow you, follow me. <laughs> check out Firth of Fifth where there's a seven minute flute solo. <laughs> check out peter gabriel with the world's worst haircut where he's just yeah that big thing i like about peter gabriel back then he's like i'm a good looking guy i'm very talented i'm a great singer i'm just gonna challenge people to enjoy me by yes. putting out 10 minute long songs looking horrible even though i'm good looking and just chat like that's the thing about prog rock like the challenge they put out to people and then the people who get it and then the people are just like 
no siree. I am so out of here. I he cannot sit there. Peter Gabriel would either dr- like wear dress like a giant dick, like wear a dick costume, <laughs> or like like a like a fistful of grapes. Like he had both costumes. But I will say this: if we're talking, he actually Genesis played a number second. of people in those Fruit of the Loom. Yes, uh, commercials. he did. He's yeah. so good. Um, so good. Phil Collins has an autobiography called "I'm Not Dead Yet." And it is one of the funniest. I books heard it's great. Yes, I have ever read. Dude, he makes fun of himself. It's a Lot, great music yeah. um, autobiography. He talks about the time George Harrison rejected him from being um, on his first solo album. Yeah, and he talks about being an extra in Hard Day's Night. Like Phil Collins was, he saw Led Zeppelin's first concert ever. Phil yeah. Collins was on the ground floor of all that late '60s British rock. Yep. And then Genesis happened. Yada yada yada. But he makes no bones about making fun of himself in his entire career. It's an amazing rock and roll stories. And he talks about the live aid disaster. Oh. And it's such a great book, man. I um I highly recommend reading I'm, I'm glad you reminded by me by Phil Collins. I, I had another friend who's just like, it is one of the great. I think people keep saying it's one of the great because it's one of the few where he's self-effacing. I love <laughs> I love that story of like just the the fiasco of him playing with Led Zeppelin unrehearsed and yes. like Led and Zeppelin he, blaming poor Phil Collins. And they just, blamed yeah. him and he was like, this is insane. And also, I mean, it's it, it's I could name a million stories from that book, but like Phil Collins all flew on the Concord from London to Philadelphia and Cher hopped on the plane, have knowing idea what live is. Aid was out, <laughs> and then she got on stage at Live Aid before him, and he was like, "What?" She can she like connived Phil into getting on his Concord with him. Uh, there's just so many crazy stories in that book, and not for nothing, he became an alcoholic like in his late sixties, and he talks about that too. Like oh my he didn't God, drink before really? that, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. He talks about going off the deep end very late in life. How would like that's pretty wild that if you could survive your whole like insane touring career and they toured a lot. I mean, I mean, where I you guess never, he drank. I shouldn't say, yeah, he drank, like, but he probably yeah. then, but I guess, you know, wow. And then he, they just did their last tour, right? Recently, I mean, past um, year or two, two years ago, it was 2021. I went, I, I went, it was, and he uh, was in like a wheelchair or just sat down pretty much, just sat down. But I yeah. saw his solo tour two years before that. He also sat down, but he sounded much better in 2019 than he sounded in 2021. I don't know. I and heard actually, Chip, I lived with you, Chip. You and I lived together. You may not remember this. I saw Phil Collins with the, um, Oh, that's right. The standing in the shadows, the the yes. funk brothers. Funk was brothers. Funk brothers? Yeah, yeah. I was held at gunpoint that night. Oh my god. That was that's that night. right. 63rd and Walnut. That's right. Uh by Phil Collins. Phil Collins. Collins? Actually, Phil Collins pulled a knife pulled Jesus. a gun. That was the Phil. night before you and I moved out of that apartment. Mm-hmm. And that was the night that you made pot brownies that you bought from Joe Doherty, who was still in high school. Yes. Yes. Speaking, speaking of young, co- and remember we and made this pot all came together, right and now. we didn't think they worked because we did them wrong, and then we just you started eating did them regular- wrong. You, I, I was not home. <laughs> yes, I did them wrong, and uh, I thought they were just regular brownies then because all the THC. And I walk re- in the apartment, and it smelled yeah like, like Breaking Bad. Yeah, and I, that wasn't <laughs> even a show yet. It didn't. It didn't. Go, it didn't go as planned. I will say yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, Chip, I have a question for you. Yes. 
you got me into tequila a little bit. Remember I was asking you a couple of years ago, yeah. like, hey, I can't drink beer all the time, you know. Oh, I thought you meant with- the song. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Imagine that though. I'm like, I, re- hey, I really hey, get you into the. Hey, Chip, yeah. what's a good song? I don't know. You ever heard tequila? Tequila? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. look it up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember you got me another song, tequila? Oh, yeah, it was great. Um, I at this wedding I was at, this guy was selling me so hard on mezcal. Have you had mezcal? Yes, it's like smoky tequila, right? Yeah, like he's like yeah. it's, and he's just like, it's a little more expensive, but it's a, it's, it's so much better. And he's like, yeah. just go, and I'm like, and he like, so should I, should I do it, Chip? Give it a chance. Oh, you, you didn't try it? No, no, he was just telling me about it. I do enjoy it. It's I do like a smoky flavor, and I believe that's I'm not a connoisseur, so I'm probably yeah, getting yeah. somebody's getting angry listening to this. But I think it's yeah, a more yeah. like a smokier thing. I do enjoy that, but I also like just your average tequila. Throw it yeah, in yeah. a little marg or something like that. You know, I'm fine with just that. But a mezcal, it's an interesting, it's an interesting taste. It's it's kind of different. I like it. Yeah, Pat, drink a choice. Um, you, I'm who? an Irish whiskey guy. Ah, Jameson really? or Tully. But yeah. I mean, honestly, any Irish whiskey. I like. I like vodka a lot too. Yeah. But yeah. um I used to love beer. Beer's kind of out the window in my life. Yeah, yeah. Uh mm-hmm. but honestly, Irish whiskey. Yeah. Do you guys both of you relax after a show with a drink? Like will you reward yourself with a little sometimes, not not very often, but uh, but I w- I will sometimes. Yeah. Do people yeah. want to buy little... you drinks after shows, Pat? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes like uh Sometimes people are like, we're doing shots. People, people are like, I want car bombs. And it's like. And what do you do? Like, it depends on your mood, right? It depends. Uh, I used to. Uh, this is my craziest car bomb story. That's and this right. is a total crazy coincidence. I, I used to have a joke <laughs> about car bombs. Right. And years ago, before the pandemic, at Tacoma Comedy Club, I did my car bomb joke. And then somebody would send a car bomb to the stage every single show, all six shows. And I had to do it in front of the entire crowd every single show and that became a running gag there for a little while so you that's, you, that's like the hot pockets of uh yeah, yeah but i also stopped guy. doing that joke there that that's out the window <laughs> that's out the window the that only was difference is a much that was a do. much younger time in my life but yeah just uh but after a show yeah a jameson and ginger or jameson on the rocks mm-hmm. yeah. yeah look at that because i'm looking guys i'm looking for like an old man drink i'm trying to like What's an old man drinking? Like mind? just something like a little, little I could sip where I'm not like down in a 12 ounces, some like IPA. Like I just need a little sipping. Yes. Okay. I, oh, I'll, then I'll, that's yeah. where whiskey comes in. The All right. Yeah. See, whiskey comes in. Here's, here's what, you know what I do? You know what I love? Cause it's an old man drink. And I love to say it. A uh, rosin bag. A rosin bag. <laughs> yes. Grasshopper. I get a grasshopper anywhere I go. A slow gin fizz. No, I, uh, I get a, um, a seven and seven. I'll okay. do a seven and seven. That was so my dad's seven drink. and seven up. Yeah, just seven. Mine and seven. as well. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a nice drink, a little sweet. It's a little sweet. Too. It's a little sweet. Yeah, oh, seven like and that. seven. Nothing wrong with that. See, I I I that's not and bad. And I feel like an old, I feel like an old man doing that, and it feels that's, good. That like, is I the feel quintessential like old man highball. Yes, like highball. I'm more of a Jameson and ginger ale. Yeah, yeah, but which is also still sweet anymore. Yes. Speaking of rosin bag, the, the 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 scene that took me out of the movie a little bit was it, it, sadly it was the the cl- climax of the movie where where he was doing his little jokes on the mm-hmm. on the mound to get the two people out yeah. before the final strikeout, right? Like yes. the chicken. 
Got a that silly. was purely geared towards little kids. Yes. Like they just wanted that. I wonder why. <laughs> it, it wasn't the th- problem with me is it wasn't geared towards me, a 64 year old man. Man. Right. And they, they, it's instead decided to go for like something a little kid would enjoy. Mm-hmm. But, it is um, funny how they call him a different name every single time in the that movie. Was good. It's a, yep. Good running gag. Like there's yep. definitely some good running gags. They all got that. Uh, they, and, and he didn't seem, like he didn't like, you know, a, a kind of weak script would have him getting mad every time and correcting them, but he would just go with the flow. They did a very good job of him being like, oh my God, this is so awesome in every scene almost. And that's how a little kid would be, right? Yes. Yeah. And the scene where he plays with his friends on the field at Wrigley with the lights on late at night, dude, that is every kid's dream. And that's exactly what they, they would are do. Running they would be the running base. each other and chasing and tackling each other. Yeah. Yes. Like yeah. that's exactly what they do. And then they showed 72 year old uh, Gary Busey, like, you know, leaning against the wall and, let, and pointing and be like, isn't this great? And then he's and just that's like, when he's like, I'm going to fuck this kid's mom. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's where that the groundwork was laid. Mm-hmm. It's where he tried to, uh, you know, touch all the bases. Yes, yeah. He I, did. I, I I am on the record with my friends. People know me. Not a fan of baseball movies or baseball music. I always say it's hokey, it's cheap, and it's corny. Like I, ne- I got in trouble online. I said something offhand, Pat, about just all baseball. Every song about baseball sucks. Every song about baseball is corny. I would that probably definitely agree with that. Even though I absolutely love baseball movies, <laughs> right? So this is just music and then someone said oh what about the baseball project like online on twitter and i was just like and i just kept replying to everyone sucks sucks like as a joke like they're like what about i'm like like what about uh that john fogarty song i'm like sucks what about sucks. um boys of song I'm like sucks what about the baseball project they play all baseball i said sucks someone name checked mike mills of rem and they put hey mike someone's not a fan of the baseball project and Mike, and I am one of the biggest REM fans in the world. Mm-hmm. And then I get a reply to me from Mike Mills. Oh, who are you, Mr. Use Wigs, that you you can say such a thing? And that was, and I'm just like, <gasps> this was the early oh, days God. of Twitter. Pat. You feel that in your chest? Yeah, I did. I did. And I'm just like, I'm like, oh, man. Like when you write things on Twitter, like. Yeah, there's consequences. Right? There's consequences. But you're absolutely right about Boys of Summer and yeah, um, like give me a chip, give me Center a good Field. baseball song. That's a good. But besides, take me out to the ball game. Oh, just great say song. That. Like just, yeah, just solid. Great, it's always on a solid. running playlist of mine. I don't know the national anthem. That's a yeah. pretty good one, right? Yeah. Tequila. I love that song. Uh, uh, the, I will say there is one that it's super sappy, but I love it. Just uh, it's called Right Field by I think it's is it no, um. Who's the one who did Cats in the Cradle? That's so Jim cheesy. Croce. No, uh, a different guy that did Cats in the Cradle. Um, <laughs> Jim Croce didn't. Do, who's Cats in the Cradle? Harry. Oh, Bob. Harry Chapin. Harry Chapin. Yeah, he has one called yeah. Right Field. That's very cute, but it's yeah. But well, it's, it's. I'm not going to say it's a great song. Billy Joel's Vienna has a lot of baseball references. Does it? Yes. Really? I never know what that song is about. It's about Rose. Baseball? He knows he'll make never make the Hall of Fame. Uh, we didn't start the fire has a lot of baseball references. Yeah. Yeah. He mentions Campanella. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't like, I think most of them are just like cheap. Uh, songs about like, baseball. Yeah. 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 yeah trying to target but he, your but nostalgia. Yeah, the whole, and... There's definitely, um, 
numerous references to baseball in We Didn't Start the Fire. There's Campanella, there's Bernie Getz. Um, Wasn't Bernie Getz a guy who murdered people? He murdered people yes. in a subway. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a good baseball song. Joe DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio. I think my favorite yeah. baseball song, I mean, obviously, is the uh, Meatloaf. Sure. The, uh, Meatloaf yeah. talking about going to third base. And, going to yes. third base. Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Yeah. yeah. With, uh, what's his with, name? With, with actual play by play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Real, real pay, real, real. Yeah. Dude, well, there's a great cool. story about that where he yeah. didn't really even know what he was doing when they hired him to do that uh, voice. Really? Yeah. Like he had, he, he was just like, what are we doing here? He didn't know it was like, Sexual innuendo in your song, and then afterwards he's like, "I did what?" <laughs> Phil Rizzuto, guys. Phil Rizzuto for the Money Store. Yes, yes. yes. Oh I, he's God. still alive, but can no, we shout out to he? Bob? No, 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 no. Bob, <laughs> Bob Euchre. Yes. Bob Euchre for being a baseball, actual pro baseball athlete, comedy legend, the dad for Mr. Belvedere. Chip, is there anything about Mr. Belvedere that you find interesting? <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. I don't know if anybody knows this, but one time. I think we've mentioned this on every fourth podcast. Every every fourth podcast. The fact that but Mr. I love Belvedere it sat time. on his own balls. And they he had sat to on his own balls. <laughs> Do you know that, Pat? That uh, I think I've actually heard this once or twice. Yeah. Yes. What, what was the actor's name again? Uh, Christopher Hewitt. Is he no longer with us? He unfortunately no longer with us. Holy crap. Yeah, you did a whole uh, show. I did a whole episode on that on my other podcast. With yeah. George Palace, right? Yes. From, uh, yep. yeah, Palace yeah, from, yeah. Uh, from Found Footage, yeah. Oh, my God. Guys, this has been a lot of fun. I think yeah. I think we could say, Pat, you picked a good movie. Thank you, you picked so a great much. one, Pat. Yeah, Pat, you, you picked did a, a great one. I'm glad I got to give you guys both a yeah. first-time yeah. view. First, yeah, yep, first-timer. And then we're going to come back in a few in a while. We're each going to come with five movies, right? Mm-hmm. From Cinemax or Cinemax, HBO, HBO yep. that kind of showed us what anatomy that was different from our own. Yes. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. That we enjoyed. and technology and situations and um, yes. centuries. Yes. <laughs> this will be our first R-rated show. So it mean, will be. It will be. <laughs> Junk Riles. Yes. Let's see if you guys can. Remember. What's the new name of our show, Chip? Can you remember? Uh, uh, Chit chat with uh, Chip and Chef. Chit right? chat with Chip and Chef. Chef. Right. Yes. That's our new. That's our Chit-chat new. With Chip and Chef. We have I to it. learn. I love it. We have to get new business cards. We do. We have to yeah. get. I have to get a new mouse pad with the logo. We have I, to get I a have new to get website. a new street team, a new management. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have to order a new banner for the uh, for the plane down at the beach. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Oh my god. Pat, where can we see, where's the best place to follow Pat House? Like if I am a Pat House fan and I want to get all your latest and greatest dates, because you're all over the place, you're, you're rarely home. That is true. Um, and, uh, on any social media, I think a Pat House search will do well, but uh, a at Bohemian Patsody, Bohemian Pat. P-A-T-S-O-D-Y, Bohemian Patsody will also uh, oh, do the body good. Yeah. And I think that covers all the socials, Pat House or Bohemian Patsody. Nice. And Chip, of course, Chip Chantry. Uh, at Chip Twitter, Chantry. Twitter. Instagram. Uh, uh, Blue Sky now. I'm enjoying Blue Ski. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, yeah, it's it's it feels like old Twitter. Which I it love. is. It's old. Twitter. I got to get some new followers though. So if you're on Blue Sky, follow me because I only I have less than a hundred right now. So I want to get I want to get that number up. But it's it's great. 
Chip, you have a couple shows Goodbye, coming up. Goodbye, blue sky. Blue sky. Goodbye, blue sky. What song's that? From Goodbye, blue uh, sky. Pink Floyd. From Pink Floyd. Oh, so you guys are Pink Floyd guys. See, I it, I immediately go to Mr. Blue Sky ELO. Miss, we're sure. Yeah. But you guys but, uh, go because you're a little bit more of like the right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Right. And that's the. And he the, was there yeah. the first time I ever. Yes. Right? Wow. Yeah. Like what you got, you got like 14 year old Pat House after a show. You're like, Pat, now that you did. Probably like 22, you just, 23. Cause that was now you when, just slayed over at Chuckles. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to get stoned with the big boys. Yeah. Kind of. Right. If you Dude. consider that getting stoned with Chip Adam Chantry. That's right. Yes. The, was the that big boys, a, yeah. Was that at the uh <laughs> that was the Roger dark Waters? side dark side Roger Waters, right? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys think of <laughs> Roger Waters lately? Really, really cool dude. <laughs> I mean, I'm not really into his music as much anymore, but I love his views. <laughs> I love that he's just what re-recording shit now, just because yeah. does he even like... hold oh, does he even have new music or does he just tour I, doing the I, I best of Pink Floyds with these monumental stage productions? Now he's re-recording assume, yeah. like one of their albums now just because he can oh, like Everclear and Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that might be part of the reason where he's just like, I want to get that that money from the, you know, whatever. Yeah. side of the, the business but i think it's also oh, i didn't kind know of, roger was doing that as well he's doing something and uh, you know you're not gonna believe this but the other guys who are still alive i'm not that happy about it not not no excited. yeah david's not playing no. backup no they're they're not they're not happy with them guys so all right we're gonna give homework to our listeners you're gonna go spend a lot of time googling now pink floyd yes what else are we gonna google later pat you mentioned that uh, a march house. shot march yep. shot pat house here are the three things we're gonna leave you with we want you to in your in your search Pat House, the song Tequila, yes, and March Shot, yes, Pink Floyd, mm-hmm. and then Phil Collins versus Led Zeppelin, yes. Yeah, there it All is. Right. Thanks again, Pat. Thanks, Chip. Oh, thank we'll you be, so much. Yeah, Pat we'll seeing you guys on Thanks the uh, on the internet. Well done, Jeffrey. Thank you guys. This All right, thank you, thank you, thank you to our listeners. Yes, go birds, go birds.